0: Bright, I'm the lead pastor here at Engage City Church, and I just want to say thank you for listening to this right here, right now. You might be in the car, driving to work, in the middle of traffic, maybe on the treadmill, and if that's the case, good for you. Elliptical, going for it. This is a message called Sights and Sounds. And I believe God wants to do something in your life right now. If you want to learn more about our church, why don't you head on to engagechurch.ca or you can find us on social media at engage sg. Let's go. It's and sounds. Okay, now turn to the person that you've been avoiding all day, your other neighbor, and say sights and sounds. Okay, that second one was pretty bad. So we're going to all look straight ahead because apparently that was awkward for you. And I just want you to say it really aggressively. Sights and sounds. That's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, sights and sounds. Let's read the Bible because that's really why we're here. Proverbs chapter four, guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. Avoid all perverse talks, stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead, fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet and stay on the safe Path. As uh, Pastor Seb mentioned, uh, I, I was away last week learning at an incredible church down in uh, the States. And then on Friday, I had the privilege to be uh, at and a part of the celebration of life for Pastor Dick Iverson, who is our founding elder of this church. And he graduated to heaven 88 years young, preached two weeks before. And uh, so it was an incredible privilege to be uh, there and to celebrate his life. And his legacy, and uh, you know, if it wasn't for him, none of us would be here today because this church would not exist. And the way that we do church would not exist. Uh, you know you might hear his name in the next class on the video, and you're like, "Oh, I don't know what that guy means, but he means everything, and he was in our my Bible college textbooks. Like, this is, he's a guy that, that changed church forever and helped more people encounter Jesus, and I'm forever grateful for him, and uh, it was a tremendous time. Now, I did hear we had an incredible men's breakfast yesterday while I was away, so that is awesome, and if you weren't there, you're going to want to get to the next one, because I think there's like 30 guys or something, so it's, uh, it's gaining traction, because, I mean, who doesn't want, was there bacon? Of course, there's bacon. It's a men's event, there's bacon, and uh, it's, not, it's not a men's event unless there's bacon, so... When you go away, when I was, when, when, when my mom and dad would go away, I don't know if anyone experienced this, my, my parents would always, you know, bring a little something back. You ever have that where your parents, somebody brought you a little something back, like a little trinket, generally something that's like, terrible. Uh, <laughs> no, it, it's always great. Uh, and then, so now the tradition continues, like, my mom was just away, so she brought stuff back for the boys, and I'm like, okay, most of the time it's good, most of the time I'm like, okay, that's definitely going to garbage at some point, but... You know, it's the thought that counts. And so I've continued that tradition. I try and bring stuff back. Des is like, well, bring something back for the boys, but not something touristy. I'm like, well, how else will anyone know that, that one of, like, somebody that my sons are related to went to another city? Unless I get him a T-shirt that says, I kind of know a guy who went to this city. Like, I don't understand what to bring them back. But for, for Des, uh, and so if you want to know the pathway to Desiree's Heart, my wife, uh, it's cheese. That's the, that's the pathway. And so, and so <laughs> really, it, it's true. Like, cheese. And so uh, yesterday I was flying through Seattle, and in Seattle, in the airport, in C-Terminal, I know it very well, there's a place called Beecher's Cheese, it's only available in Seattle and only available in New York, and so Des is like, hey, so you're flying through Seattle, you've got a quick connection, is there any way, you know, I'm not going to ask you, but your marriage will improve if you bring back. So I want to improve my marriage, and so I get off the plane, I took, I took the train, and then I ran because I had a limited time. I ran. I grabbed the cheese. I ran back to the train, took the train back around, ran, and got onto my airplane, sent her a text message. And instantly, I knew my life was going to get better. Uh, and then instantly, I knew it was going to get worse because I got off the plane and, and customs is all automated now. And I had to check the box that said I was bringing back a dairy product, bringing back a dairy product, which means I got flagged by customs and immigration, and so I thought I got through, and then they pulled me aside, and then they let me get through, and then they pulled me aside to a whole other room, and then they started scanning all my things, and I'm like, I'm the honest one. I don't know why you're, you know, uh, but thank God we made it out. It was a late night, but we made it out. Now, what my mom always does when she brings back, when she goes to the U.S., she always tracks down this very specific type of animal cracker. She just, this, you know, I know it sounds weird, but it's, It's amazing. They're frosted and they're sprinkles and they're white and they're pink and they taste so good and you can't get them here. Today, when I was reading this Bible verse, I'm like, you know what? Uh, I just, I'm thinking about animal crackers. Matthew 10 16. Look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves, so be as shrewd as snakes and harmless as doves. I'm like, that is a lot of animals in two lines of Bible verses. That's all kind of analogies all over the place. So we're going to pick one. I was originally going to call this message Animal Crackers, but I just felt like the graphic was cooler with this name. So uh, we could always put a little subtitle, Sights and Sounds, Animal Crackers, you know. Uh, look, I'm sending you out as sheep among wolves. We're going to talk about sheep today. Just turn to somebody. I know I'm doing this a lot, but I need it. And turn to someone and say, bah. Oh, you actually did it. No one. Every other service is like, no. No, we're not. But the 12, you care deeply, and uh, I appreciate that. You know what I noticed? Uh, if you've ever watched like Discovery Channel or National Geographic, uh, you always know which animal's going to die because it's alone. It's the one that falls back from the pack. It's maybe slower than the rest, and you, know, you see that animal, and there's a pack, and it just starts falling back, and you're like, oh, no. Oh, no, I know what's going to happen. And all of a sudden, they get mauled by a cougar or a tiger or a lion, and they they die. And uh, I think there's something to be learned there and something that we can learn from sheep. You know, sheep are these, like, instinctive animals, and I've always wondered, like, Lord, why would you call us sheep? Like he always talks about us being his flock and he's our shepherd and being sheep. Like wh- like why sheep? Can we not be something awesome like zebras? You know, like I look great in stripes and so like how come we can't, how come we couldn't be like zebras or like something interesting? We're like sheep and it's like that's not, cool but sheep have this incredible like protection instinct where they just flock together and they stay together like there's strength in numbers protection now I don't know why there's strength in numbers because it's just a whole bunch more like wool to cuddle and lamb chops to eat if you're in a big like there's no defense mechanism in a big fluffy thing that's running you know it's like I don't understand that thing but they're these kind of they're these pack animals, flock animals, they stay together, and that's instinctive, but I think that's something that we can learn from, is that when you live in isolation, when you isolate yourself, when you withdraw, you open yourself to an attack. So the Bible says that we don't fight against flesh and blood, but we fight against principalities and powers. There's, there's a spiritual battle as well as the natural struggle. The struggle is real every day, but there's a spiritual battle that's taking place. If you begin to withdraw yourself and live in isolation, it is possible that you are going to be that creature on TV that's going to get mauled by something that's prowling. Now, not in the natural. You're not going to die tomorrow by being alone. But on the inside, you're opening yourself up because you said, you know, I got this. I can handle it. There's a reason God called us into a family. That's why church is so important. Because this isn't just something that we attend. This is something that we're a part of. This is a family that we belong to. And we can walk with each other through every season. So in preparation for this, trying to learn about sheep, I actually read some research papers from the University of Illinois. And why they study sheep at the University of Illinois, I can't tell you. Because I don't think there's any sheep in the state of Illinois. But uh, I, I read it. And one thing that I learned is that sheep have excellent hearing. They hear really well. Who knew? And I think that's what Jesus was referencing here here in John chapter 10. I tell you the truth. Anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold, rather than going through the gate, must surely be a thief and a robber. But the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. After he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them, and they will follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. In case you didn't know, sh- sheep keep a safe zone. They like to keep a boundary, they like to keep some space between, even when they're in a flock, they all, they instinctively know how to keep you know, space between one another. It's like what happens in church why everyone leaves that courtesy seat when <laughs> you got room in your row. You're like, no, please don't sit by me. I'm gonna put all my stuff right here. It's like, that's because you just want a safe zone. You want you want a buffer. I was just at this, you know, I was saying at, the, at this funeral and people are like, how can you that? I don't know. And I'm like, please don't. Like, I don't know you. I'm, I appreciate that you're bringing comfort to those who are being comforted, but I'm not comforted in that way by you. And so it's like, we like to have these safe zones because they make us feel comfortable and sheep do it so that they can, Escape. They like to mine the gap. They do it so they can get away. And what happens is they identify friend or foe. It's why sheepdogs are so effective. You're like, man, I'm learning all kinds of things. Yes, you are. I read research papers. It's why sheepdogs work because they identify them as an enemy and they just stay away from them and they move as a pack away from them and that's how they move them forward. But they develop trust with the shepherd because the shepherd was there oftentimes when they were born and helps them grow and leads them to food and all those kinds of things and over time just the simple soothing sound of the shepherd's voice is all that is required to move the sheep they just call them forward and they hear the comforted voice they get a little bit closer they begin to close the gap i believe today that jesus wants to encourage you to close the gap it says in james chapter four if you draw near to the lord he will draw near to you And we're like, well, why do I have to make the first move, right? It's like, no, what you don't understand is that he's been chasing you down your entire life. What happens when you take the first step is that you just turn around and recognize that he's been chasing after you this whole time. So when you stop and draw near to him, he draws near to you because he was chasing you down and you just stopped running away. You just stopped running But we can begin to close the gap and we get to hear that voice when it's trusted because we know that that voice is faithful. It, it, it's, it's good. He, he leads us to good things, to greener pastures, to a better tomorrow. And We begin to trust that voice in the same way that a sheep trusts that voice. We trust the voice of the shepherd. It says here that the shepherd knows each sheep by name. Does anyone name things? Who names their car? I'm not going to make any comments from this point forward. I'm not going to judge you. Judgment is for the Lord, okay? But Jesus is the good shepherd, and he knows the name of every sheep, which means he knows your name. You're not a part of a nameless, faceless horde. You are a loved sheep. You are a part of his flock and he loves you. He knows you by name. He goes even further. He says he knows every hair on your head. So you don't have to worry about what tomorrow might bring because even as the sparrows are fed every single day, he's like, that's how much I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to look after you. I've, I've got you. He knows you by name and he calls you by name. And in fact, today he's calling you by name forward. He's calling you out of where you've been into where he wants you to go and where you can be because he loves you and he's called you according to his purposes. I don't know if you know this about me. I say this all the time. But if I don't have my iPhone and our appointment is not in the calendar, I'm not going to make it. Like, I live and die by my phone. If it's not there, I am not coming. So if you're like, hey, I thought you were... I'm like, it didn't make it. I'm sorry. It's like, I... I get too caught up in things. I'm that kind of personality. So I'm like, I'm all the way into something. And unless that reminder goes to say, go do important things, I'm just going to stay doing the other important things. And so I I just kind of lose track of it. But I live my life by appointment from thing to thing to thing. It's just kind of the way our our life works, right? You got to make an appointment. You know, you go to to the doctor, you make an appointment, they don't respect your time. You go to the dentist, they're even worse because dentists are a sham. Anyways... Okay, I'm just going to say this. How do you know if you're going to a good dentist or not, right? Have you ever thought about that? You don't. How do you prove their work? You can't. You, they just charge you whatever they want. And you're like, hopefully insurance will pay for it. If not, I'm getting a third job. So it's like, how do you know? But anyways, that's a whole different. Rebecca, why did you take me down this pathway? You got an appointment. And when you, like... So you, you go somewhere, they give you the little appointment card. I love it now. My physio guy, he actually just sends it straight to my phone, like straight in the calendar. Like no card, just straight in the phone. I'm like, you know you know what's up. You got, there's, an, there's an appointment. Can I tell you that it's an appointment that you're here today? It's not your appointment. It's an appointment that Jesus has with you. He's scheduled you. He's planned, and he's positioned you for this moment. He's positioned you for a time in a place. The prophet Jeremiah received this word from God in Jeremiah chapter 1. He says, the Lord gave me this message. I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Like, whoa, that's amazing. Bro, you've been appointed. God chose you. And you know what this guy said? Oh, Lord, I cannot speak for you. I am too young. I cannot do it. Does that sound familiar? Hey, I've got a plan for you, I've got a purpose for you, I have a direction for you oh no, I can't, I cannot. I, weren't you just praying that, y- y- you know, you'd be used by God? Yes, but Lord, not in that way and not at this time. Like <laughs> He's like, no, hold on. You're wondering, you actually might be wondering why you're having a hard time uh, discerning the plans, purpose, and direction for your life. It's because you spent so much time asking him to send you direction and then ignoring the directions that he's like recalculating, you know? It's like, You've got an appointment, you've been positioned for a time and place. The words of Jesus in John 14, uh... Fifteen sound like this. You did not choose me. This is Jesus speaking. You did not choose me, being Jesus, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, which means he appointed you. He selected you. He chose you. You're the first one that he picked on the team so that you could go and have an effective, fruitful life, that you could live a life of purpose and move in the right direction. Wow, this message is so much better than the 9 and 1030. Uh Right? It's um, it's ridiculous. Uh, he chose you that you could live an effective and a fruitful life. Live a life full of purpose. He's appointed you. You know, people get appointed all the time. They get appointed to, you know, cabinet ministers get appointed. Uh, dentists apparently get appointed money randomly. It, like... People get appointed to boards, commissions, and agencies all the time. You get appointed into a new position at work, or you take next, and you get appointed to serve in children's ministry starting next week. And it's it's amazing. It's a, di- it's a divine appointment. You've been appointed, but what you need to understand is that God has appointed you for this time, for this season, with a specific purpose. You have been appointed, which means you've been chosen, which means the king of all kings has appointed you as an officer in his court, which sounds cheesy and old school, like the crown, but it's totally fine. Jesus chose you. He chose you. Here's the crazy thing about sheep, though. Here's the thing about sheep. Did you know that they have almost unlimited peripheral vision? 320 degree vision. Yeah, almost 360, which means that they can see all the stuff all around them. Yeah, 320. That's why their eyes are bulbous and gross. Like, they're just there, and they can look everywhere. They're just like, they don't even move their head. They're just like moving their eyeballs. And you're like, wow, those things are gross. And uh, like, look into the eye of a sheep and it will look into your soul. And it's like Free Willy, you know? They the whale opens his eye, you're like, whoa. But they have this unlimited peripheral vision, which means that they can understand their situation and their circumstance, but they lack depth perception. So they can only see so far away. So they're overwhelmed and surrounded by what's going on with them, but they cannot see what lies ahead which is why they require a shepherd. Did you know that a sheep will not even go to a stream of water if it's starving, if it's moving too fast, because it doesn't have enough depth perception to understand if it's safe? They're like, oh, waves, no. <laughs> and they just don't, like, it's rocky and it's wavy and it's windy, like, I cannot. not I'm thirsty, I'm gonna die, but I can't drink that. So they need a shepherd to lead them to a peaceful stream so they can get hydrated. They need a shepherd to lead them to a proper pasture that's safe, a, place where they can graze and where they can move from field to field to field to field the thing about sheep is they don't stay in one pasture they cover a whole lot of territory you're worried about uh that's interesting so in this season I believe that there's many of us in this room right now who are like I just want to stay in this one place I just want to stay in this one pasture but God says you were never intended to stay in this one place There's a greater plan and a purpose for you, and it's time for you to get out of the pasture that you're comfortable with, and it's time to move into this next season, this next time. It's not about looking over and saying the grass looks greener over there. It's about hearing the trusted voice of the good shepherd as he calls you forward out of your comfort zone. They have poor, poor depth perception. They cannot see what's coming in front of them. Did you know that you and I have terrible depth perception for our future as well? All we see is what's going on around us, and it overwhelms us, and it shuts us down. It shuts us right down. like, oh, do you see what's happening in my life right now? He's like, no, I see it. You just need to look ahead. That's why in Proverbs 4, it says, look straight ahead and fix your eyes on on what lies before you, because if we're following Jesus one step at a time, as he outlines in Psalm 37, The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. If we're following Jesus, all we have to do is not worry about our peripheral vision. We just have to worry about what lies ahead and stay on the safe path. It says in Proverbs 4, uh, 26, mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. You're like, what way is the safe path? Well, thank God Jesus said, oh, you don't know which way to go? Matthew 14, uh, doubting Thomas, you know, real doubter. And he's like, "Uh, Lord, we have no idea where you're going. So how can we know the way? Jesus said, don't worry. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Jesus, I just don't know which way I should go in my life. No, no, no. I am the way. It's not which way you should go. You go with me, and where I go, you go, and that is the way because I am the way. You're trying to chart out your own course. I'm going to take new territory. No, no. Just walk with Jesus, and you'll go farther than you ever thought you could go. You'll, you'll see new ground and new places and things that you never even thought possible because you just trust Jesus. You're like, this really seems simple. Yeah, it's simple. It's just not easy. Yeah. It just it, it allows us, you know, you need to relax is what needs to happen. You all need to relax because the reality is God's got it under control. As long as I hear him and he, I'm, he's clear and he's speaking to me and I'm readily responsive, then things are going to be okay. You might not even know how. But that's for Jesus to sort out. All I do is trust him. Which way do I go? No, Jesus is the way. It's not about finding your way. It's about finding the person who can lead the way. His name is Jesus. You know what we do when we're overwhelmed by our peripheral situation is that we actually begin to look for a sign. Have you ever prayed that prayer? You're like, Lord, just give me a sign. I just need to know what to do next. Give me a sign. And we feel like that's really spiritual, but really it's just advocating our responsibility to hear the voice of God. But anyways, that's a bonus. So we're like, okay, Lord, I need a sign. So then everything in your life goes terrible. Like everything falls apart, car breaks, you know, favorite jeans rip, beyond repair, because you've repaired them four times and you can't repair them anymore. And your whole life is terrible. And you're like, you know what? Okay. I think this is a sign. I think it means we're moving in the right direction because I got all kinds of opposition and that means I'm going in the right direction. And you're like, okay, that's okay. And then on a whole nother situation, you're like praying and your life is just amazing. Your relationships are incredible. you got new genes and you're just like, wow, my life is unbelievable. And then you turn to your friends you're like, you know what? This is a sign. They're like, okay. They're like, it means we're moving in the right direction. Didn't you just say that when everything was going real bad, you were moving in the right direction? Yeah. (laughs) And now you're saying because everything is going really good, you're moving in the right direction. Yeah. Okay, so which one is it? Right? Which one is it? It's either going really good in its sign or it's going really bad in its sign. Which one is it? Can I suggest to you that it's neither? It doesn't matter how things are going. Because if I'm following Jesus, my peripheral vision is irrelevant. The only thing that matters is what lies before me. If I trust Jesus, it doesn't matter what's going on. You know, the only minute, like Peter steps out on the water, this is classic, we'll go old school, most of us know this story. Peter jumps out over the boat, starts walking toward Jesus. It's all fine until he trusts his peripheral vision. He's like, how come you stop looking straight ahead? He said, look straight ahead. I'm the safe path. I'm the safe path. Walk with me and you can walk on water. Look around and you'll start to sink. If you're sinking right now, it's because you focus more on the peripheral than you have on Jesus. You're like, that's that's a hard one for you to tell me today. No, I'm just being honest. You don't need to worry about getting a sign. You need to worry about hearing from Jesus. All the circumstances point in a whole bunch of directions. That one direction is God is doing something. Good or bad, God is doing something. That's the sign. Is God doing something? Yes, God is doing something. So what do I do? Look straight ahead and stay on the safe path. The safe path is following Jesus because he is the path, because he is the way. I'm not distracted. Did you know that there's three letters that can destroy your life? You're like, is this a sign? Yes, (laughs) There's three letters that can change your life and destroy your life. D-I-S, dis. Turn to somebody and say, dis. dis. It's a prefix, and it means to go in the other direction. Like the word distract, you know, starts with D-I-S, is to pull in different directions. Did you know that there's one word that can derail you faster than anything else? And unfortunately, it's how most of us direct our life. And that word is disappointment. We become distracted by disappointment. This means to pull us in the other direction. This, to move in a different direction. So when you find disappointment, it actually moves you away from your appointment. Jesus has a plan and a purpose for you. He's appointed you for such a time as this. Don't let your this take you away from your this. That was so good. I'm just gonna say it one more time. You're gonna say amen real out, and you might even stand on your feet and clap. I don't know. But don't let your diss distract you from this. God called you to this. Your diss is trying to sidetrack you and pull you away. Disappointment does not define you. You might go through seasons, but it's not who you are. Disappointment is something that you cannot outrun and you cannot outpace. It is going to happen to you. But it is a life skill to overcome and live above disappointment. See, disappointment is the breeding ground for a little thing that we like to call bitterness we talk about this in church all the time. It talks about in Hebrew 12, plucking up the root of bitterness. You know, bitterness is just simply this. If you just stay angry, it means that you have more faith in what could have been or what should have been than you do have faith in Jesus for the future. You trust in what should have been or your own outcome more than you do in Jesus because the only reason you're mad is because you think that would have been better than what God has for you right now. But can I tell you that what God has for you today, what he has for you tomorrow, what he has for you in the future is so much better than your expectation and assumption based on the past. So you can either put faith in what could have been or you can trust Jesus for right now and say, hey, Jesus i'm following you and even though i might be wrestling with disappointment it's just expectation assumption all that happened you know what disappointment this is literally what it is god spoke to you about something you assumed an outcome based on what he said you did not get to that outcome and you were mad at god because he didn't do what he said but the truth is he never said that he would do that you just assumed he was going to do that and then you're mad at him you know oh no you've never experienced that okay cool just me You've never had that moment where you're like, Lord, you said you were going to do all this. He's like, no, I said that I have an appointment for you, that you're positioned for a time and place. You filled in the blanks. I just said, I'm moving in this way. Trust me and roll with me. Don't be distracted by disappointment. Don't let disappointment define you. See, you know what disappointment also does is it lulls you into a place called comfort which you think it feels good, but all it is is you hiding from the realities of life. You said, you know what? I've been hurt. I've been disappointed. I'm just gonna put up the walls. I'm gonna put on the jammies. I'm gonna sit down. I'm gonna Netflix and chill, and I'm just gonna ride this life out, which means you've been disrailed from purpose. It's a disappointment. You've been separated from your appointment by living in a kingdom of comfort that's meant to protect you from the outside world, but God has more for you than you being comfortable. I'm just, I'm prowling like a hungry lion up here and that's why what... all the animal analogies today <laughs> don't be distracted by disappointment, John 14 rolls it out this way, the words of Jesus so take his word not mine, don't let your heart be troubled trust in God, trust in me, because Jesus is the way the truth the life it. During worship, I was reminded of this verse, and I think it's for somebody. Psalm 3010. Hear me, Lord, and have mercy on me. Help me, O Lord. It's a prayer, and then it changes as if in a moment the Lord responds, and the writer says, you have turned my mourning into joyful dancing, and you have taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy that I might sing praises to you and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give you thanks forever. You've turned my mourning into joyful dancing. You've taken away my clothes of mourning and clothed me with joy. See, you might even be a person who's defined yourself by disappointment and struggle. But the longer that you follow Jesus, what you're gonna find is one day you're gonna wake up and you're like, I don't think I'm so angry anymore. I don't think I'm so mad. I don't think I'm trapped. I don't feel like I'm just stuck now. And all that's happened is the Lord's taken your morning clothes and he's exchanged them for garments of praise. And just like that in a moment it seems like it just you don't even know when it happened, but your whole out, outlook is different. You might even have people coming up to you saying, "What is going on with you? You are usually negative and today you're kind of positive." That's just called the spirit of God at work in you, bringing joy out of your disappointment because you found a reappointment, you've been repositioned. Don't let your diss separate you or distract you from this. You have been called for such a time as this.